The following podcast is presented by Einstein Services, Inc., a company engaged in the business of providing contracted for administrative and back office type support services to post-acute healthcare clients. Ensign Services provides accounting, human resources, compliance, legal, risk management, information technology, training, construction support, and other such miscellaneous services to its clients. These contracted for services are available to be utilized at the sole discretion of its clients. References within the podcast to the company and its activities, as well as the use of the terms we, us, its, our, and similar terms used during the discussion are not meant to imply that Ensign Services, Inc. or the Ensign Group, Inc. has any direct operational control, supervision, or direction of the independently operated post-acute healthcare entities. Hey everybody, welcome back to part two of our Speed of Trust podcast. I'm here again with Clayton Christensen. Thank you, Clay, for spending the time to speak with me again today. Glad to be back again. Uh, thank you very much. So like I said, we're, we're jumping back into part two of the Speed of Trust, uh, where we really want to focus more today on uh, relationship, relationship trust. <laughs> Just getting started here. I got to get <laughs> some, right. need some time you, to you get your mouth working. You shouldn't drink before doing these podcasts. <laughs> oh, man. is that how? Oh, sorry. Darn it. Okay. Next time we'll get still through this one today. Um, Maybe let's start today by having you help us understand um, what you mean by relationship trust, Clay. Yeah, I you know this, I, I really like this topic. It seems again, like I said in the last podcast, an obvious topic, but but there are nuts and bolts that are helping me in a lot of ways as I go through this. So I, I'm I'm really grateful for the book by by Stephen M. R. Covey, The Speed of Trust. Um, and the first statement I want to start with actually comes from the Kavis, plural, the, both the father and the son. So it, it's sort of a combination. The father said this. He said, you, you can't talk your way out of a problem you've behaved yourself into, <laughs> right? Makes sense, right? <laughs> like that, yeah. But then his son later on, Stephen M.R., mm -hmm. comes on and says, but you can behave yourself out of a problem you've behaved yourself into <laughs> and often faster than you think. That's I like that. That's cool. Like sometimes people think that, the you know, just in our break, uh, mm -hmm. you know, Vanessa and I were talking and, mm -hmm. and Vanessa was saying, I, I do trust people quickly. Then you break that trust and it, it, you, there's a lot of behaviors that mm -hmm. have to happen mm -hmm. to, to earn that trust back. So, as an example, let's say you've not been very good at loving your team as a leader or, or your partners and you don't love them. Okay. So how do you behave your way out of this? If you don't love them, act like you love them. Behave your way back into it. If you're if you're not a caring person now, but you desire to be a caring person, then go and behave in caring ways. <laughs> if you're not an honest person now, we talked about that in the last mm -hmm. podcast, but you desire to be honest, then go and behave in honest ways. See, trust the noun, what we feel, is often the result of trust the verb what we do, right? So that's you, very cool. No, that's very cool. I, I think yeah, that's what I said. And, and you know, Vanessa's right. Trust, trust is sensitive. We yeah. can break it so easily. It again, going back to to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said it takes twenty years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. Yeah. Right. It's sensitive, but but it can be healed, and we can behave our way back into deserving again. And mm -hmm. and and one way is this this buzzword that we use constantly, and that's transparency. Just learn to talk straight with people. Treat people like adults. Let them know what's going on. And and when you treat people like adults, they tend to act like adults. We don't need to spin everything to, hey, it's okay, and everything's <laughs> going to be fine, right? right and we, right. we sometimes feel like we need to do that, and it's it's condescending and it's patronizing. 
Uh, a friend of mine recently shared a quote from a book uh, she was reading, and 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 it said this: "said Every truth is a kindness, even if it makes others uncomfortable. Every untruth is an unkindness, even if it makes others comfortable." Right. So, so talk straight. Take a stand on your position. Communicate so clearly that you cannot be misunderstood. Uh, you, you, you know, Ryan, you're IT. You know Dell. So the Dell Code of Conduct says this. I don't know what you think about Dell products, but we're going to quote their company anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to so say the, we're going with the quote. So, so the so the Code of Conduct says this. Says says what we say is true and forthcoming, not just technically correct. Right? Yeah. We're not just, we're not, ah, I can say this and it's still true, but I'm sliding in my hidden meaning, right? <laughs> right. I, mean, I know leaders that are crystal clear with this. They'll say things like, look, here are the specific things you need to do. If you do not do these things, you will be fired, yeah. <laughs> which can sound mean, but but I think it's kind. So at least there's some extreme clarity there, right? And, and clear is ambiguity. kind. Yeah, right? I agree. So I also like this. The CEO of Air France said, try to be transparent, clear, and truthful, even when it is difficult, and above all, when it is difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> even when, and most importantly, <laughs> most importantly when it's difficult, right? right? I mean, again, you can apply that to integrity, right? Practice yeah. integrity. Uh, even when it is difficult, especially yeah, when, when it's, it's difficult, when it's because that's important. when it's really tested, right? Yeah. See, see, here's where you can start to see the speed of trust. I, I mentioned this in the last, last podcast, secrets are too hard and take too much time to manage. Mm-hmm. So the opposite of transparency is to to hide, to cover, to obscure, to hoard, to withhold, right? Yeah. Making things appear differently than they really are. And we know that people don't trust what they can't see. So by opening things up, you assure people that there's nothing to hide. So ask yourself as a leader and as a partner, do I withhold information that should be shared? Am I as transparent as I should be to earn that trust? No, that's that's great. That Just thinking about transparency gives me a, a lot to think about making sure I'm being as transparent yeah, as I kind of always like should be Yeah, we feel like we need to hide things and, and we really don't. Especially when I, I, every untruth is an unkindness, even if it makes others yeah. comfortable. Like yeah. This is really interesting. Um, so we, we discuss transparency a lot. Um, yeah. how, how else do you build relationship trust? Yeah, I really really like this next one and and the power that it has in building trust and it's it's in this phrase demonstrate respect so I'm going to go back to the okay. Dalai Lama. I'm leaving Will Smith and I'm leaving uh, <laughs> all right so the Dalai Lama said this said be kind whenever possible it is always possible. <laughs> right? That's be awesome. kind whenever possible. Oh, and it by is the way, always possible. it's always possible. Yeah, it's awesome. Look I think you can largely judge a person's character by the way they treat people who can't help them and can't hurt them, mm. right? The, mm-hmm. the secret lies in how you treat people. I think you can – I like to watch how people treat a waiter at a restaurant right. or a waitress at a that's, restaurant, that's good, right? Good I just think you learn a lot about people. Demonstrate respect and you'll build trust. And if you failed there – if you've, if you've hurt feelings by disrespecting somebody, right those wrongs. Don't ignore it. Don't justify it. Don't cover it up. Make it right. By owning it and fixing it, you're now constructing and rebuilding that trust, yeah. right? And kind of along the same lines or, or sort of in the same vein is, is in building trust with someone is this. Discover the power of giving credit. This is sort of the, the teaching from good to great, right? The window in the mirrors that a level five leader 
is really good when things go right at looking out the window. When things go wrong, they're really good at looking in the mirror, right? right? But when things go right, they're they're throwing that credit out to other people. They great leaders quickly look out the window to give credit for their successes. Uh, Harry S. Truman said this. He said, said you can accomplish anything in life provided you don't mind who gets the credit. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? But we do. We care about sure. credit. We we think we don't, but but here's a scenario I'll give you that, that, that hopefully pinches you a little bit. Imagine you put a lot of time and energy into a project. You've really worked, and it was a success, and it's presented in front of the entire organization, and someone else is praised for that work. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that can say, I don't care, that will, won't say, um, I did that. Yeah, that's hard. If I'm being really honest, I can't honestly sit here and because tell you that I care would about be credit. perfectly fine with that. Right? But but look, here's another. The CEO of Avis said this. He said, people who gain trust, loyalty, excitement, and energy fast are the ones who pass on the credit to people who have really done the work. Mm-hmm. A leader doesn't need any credit. He's getting more credit than he deserves anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, right? yeah, no, oh, oh, I agree. I've personally seen that, Clayton. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, um, no, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, that's, it's, that's, that's, yeah, great and, statement. <laughs> but I'll, but I'll throw in another caution look yeah. on this one and, and don't be fake. I, the counterfeit of giving credit is to be two faced, to appear to give credit to someone when they're with you, but then downplay their contribution and take all the credit yourself when when you're not with them. I mean, it's I, even I've worse, talked to right? people. Some people know that's the language. I'll say, "Hey, great job on yeah. your facility. It seems like you're doing well. It's really my team." But really, internally, they feel like, "Hey, this is something that I've done." Learn to be genuine where your real heart is giving the credit, not just your mouth. Not just your words. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm sure the actions follow that way. We can sometimes be fake and sometimes we're fake without recognizing it. So speaking of being fake, Uh um, (laughs) I'm not going going the way you thought I was going to go. Um, I have found that sometimes people um, do try to gain trust by confiding um, in me, you know, their dislike that they have of someone else. You may have experienced this in your past. So they gossip with you. Yeah, it's it's the confiding. Yeah, and that, that collaborating. Does that, does and, that build your trust? No, not at all. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, it certainly doesn't. Uh, I'm warning signs go up and, and all kinds of, I, I guess. I what are they going to say about me exactly, when I'm not exactly. there? Exactly. I think it does the opposite yeah. of building trust. I think it damages it. Um, I mean, and it makes me think of loyalty, right? When when I think of, you know, yeah. when when that happens. Um, yeah. So so how do we, I, I agree. And and I've, I've found myself doing this, thinking that I'm building confidences right. with someone else by, by, you know, commiserating right. and saying, you're right. They don't understand this. You're not, you know, and I'm talking about somebody else. So, so here's the rule that I think we all need to do a better job of keeping. Uh, speak about others as if they were present. Right. Always. See, far too many of us are good at sweet talking people to their faces and bad mouthing them behind their backs. And people who talk about others behind their backs often seem to think that it'll build some that camaraderie you were talking about. But the exact opposite is true. Stephen R. Covey, the father. Not MR. I'm not getting <laughs> mixed up. Uh, Stephen R. Covey. That's very close that, to Stephen R. and MR. They are, yeah. And they they kind of sound alike when they talk too. But uh, he said this. He said, to retain those who are present, be loyal to those who are absent. Hmm. 
If you want to maintain the confidence of those that are present, be really good at being loyal to those who are absent. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I I had a great my grandpa in my life was just a, a, an amazing example of that. Where like just time and time again, he had the opportunity to the rightful opportunity to talk negatively to about family or to somebody and, else, and yeah. like it's just one thing. It, it didn't matter the situation, the person, the people. He just would refuse to allow that to even happen around him. And you so think of a, what that yeah, does for oh, you. It built the, the trust, trust was and confidence in him. And what impact it yeah. had to everybody he interacted with and that was around him. Um, so really, take us to the next step in delivering trust. Uh, I know we talked about results before. So yeah, so let's let's go. talk because it sort of goes to your competency question, the yeah. importance of competency and delivering results is essential for building trust, right? So I, I like this quote, the price of freedom is performance. When you perform <laughs> or deliver results, uh, your performance gives you opportunities, alternatives, choices, and the stronger your performance, the more flexibility you have. Mm-hmm. Right? right, like when right. it's just it's true with parents and kids. They have certain kids that they just trust because the kids have delivered, and some that they sort of feel like they need to be on top of. And mm-hmm. that 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 strong performance leads to flexibility. The problem is, uh, you know, and this is something. Now, now we're going to I've got a lot of quotes in these podcasts. <laughs> this, this one's Henry W. Longfellow. Let's get a little poetic here. He said, he said, we judge ourselves by what we feel capable of doing, while we judge while others judge us by what we have already done, right? We always judge ourselves by our potential. Others just want to see what we've actually done. So, right. so results, right. when we deliver results, that's where, where trust gets built. And, and they can't, you know, we can't just be judged by our intentions, right? <laughs> right. It has to be results. Right. If somebody really has good intentions, but they keep failing, I'm not necessarily going to trust them. Right. And and not just that, but but again, this goes back to this sort of this whole passion for learning discussion. Are we getting better? Are you taking intelligent risks trying to improve? Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in one of my trainings where I've asked the question, where I've debated the question, do you want your people to make mistakes? And I, and I have. I love it. We have vigorous Great. debates and yep. lots of disagreements. And the whole point of it is, is we've got to be willing, look, we've got to be willing to make mistakes. If you're not willing to make mistakes, you're not going to improve. Smart leaders create an environment that encourage appropriate risk-taking, an environment that makes it safe to make mistakes. So I think Jeff Bezos, I think, uh, said this before he stepped down as the mm-hmm. CEO of Amazon, but he he said not, people aren't willing to be the next Amazon because they're not willing to make enough mistakes. They're not willing to make all the mistakes that we've made, right? If you want to increase your success rate, double your failure rate, right? That's the whole premise behind intelligent risk-taking. Yeah, I I love that whole um, training that you do as well, and I, I won't. I, I, <laughs> we, won't know, I won't, I won't we won't debate it now. We won't debate it now, right? Exactly, and I won't ask you People how you feel about me. it, which I also love that you generally <laughs> don't ever say what your opinion is on the matter. Though at this point, I think I can figure it out. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't want my people making this. <laughs> so I know he talks about clarifying expectations and practicing accountability in order to establish trust. Uh, can you really help us understand those two? Yeah. Another favorite uh, Stephen Covey quote of mine is, is frustration is a function of expectation. I want you to think about that. Okay. So, some people, you know, think about this religiously. Some people become frustrated with God or religion because they have the expectation that if they do what's right, mm-hmm. they'll get all the blessings that they want. <laughs> right. Right? right. If you have that expectation, you're going to become frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, frustration, if our expectations are off from reality— 
we'll often find ourselves frustrated. So one of your most important jobs as a leader and as a partner is to be very clear about expectations from Mm. the beginning, right? Clarity is power. You've got to clarify questions like these. What's the result we want? By whom? By when? At what cost? How will we measure it? How will we accomplish? How will we know that we've accomplished it? Like all of these expectations have to be clarified. And then we have to practice accountability. But but if we don't clarify expectations first, practicing accountability is really hard because there's a lot of confusion, right? The order is essential. But but after we're clear on what our green and clean is, what our expectations are, demonstrate accountability. And here's how you do that. Hold your people and yourself accountable consistently. Remember that a a good leader tends to practice the window and mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. Taking more than their fair share of the blame and giving more than their fair share of the credit. But but unfortunately, there's a saying that that goes that... uh, uh, Success has many fathers, while failure is an orphan, right? When something goes well, people want to own it. That's awesome. Right? When something right. goes wrong, everyone's like, well, I don't, know. I don't know who that was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've got to be good at that We, but because yeah. we care too much about credit. When a leader acts like a victim, they lose trust and confidence of their team. Mm-hmm. When they say, oh, it's just, I would and I would be successful, and you're losing that trust. Victimization creates dependency and distrust. Whereas accountability creates independency and and trust, Mm -hmm. right? But when we hold ourselves and others accountable, this builds extraordinary trust in the culture because people feel secure in the knowledge that everyone's going to be held to this standard. If they see people getting away with something, you lose that trust, Right. Right. right? And so when you're really good at practicing accountability, they start to hold each other accountable. And and now you've got this culture of accountability. And that makes sense. And so the more we really hold each other accountable, uh, the more our teams are going to trust us knowing that we won't let bad behavior yeah. continue to go on. And I, I think I've seen that in different scenarios in, in my life in different places. And it makes sense to me. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what listening has to do with building trust? Yeah, I'll talk about listening. Thank you, please. I'm still working on this one, but, uh, <laughs> Life-wise, we, life-wise. We, we need to, we need to stop. This is what I need to learn how to do. I, we need to learn how to stop being fake listeners, right? Okay. To really listen and to do it first before you try and diagnose, influence, or, or prescribe. I, I was just on a nice. call with yeah. a, with a cluster, <laughs> some clusters in Texas yeah. and I, I kind of came into the call ready with my prescription and decided I got to start by asking questions and really listening. listening before I, you know, again, it goes back to that, uh, a marriage counselor that, that, that a couple comes in to see and, and just starts spewing off. This is how to have a successful marriage right, before listening. actually asking questions and listening. Mm-hmm, right. Makes sense. Some of the best leaders I know go in and just listen for a few months. They they listen in a way that makes their team say, makes them just exude, I feel so un- understood, understood, right? We're, yeah. we're not talking about that pretend listening. Pretend listening is sort of thinking about your reply and waiting for your turn to speak. This is, you know, that's listening without understanding. The CEO of McDonald's said this. This was an interesting. I, I don't know if I agree with him, but I, but his perspective is really interesting to me. He said, I've found that the two best qualities a CEO can have are the ability to listen and to assume the best motives in others. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. The ability to hmm. listen and to assume the best motives in others. In fact, anytime you're dealing with someone who's still just fired up, they're emotionally charged, they're maybe even unreasonable, it's very likely he or she is not feeling understood. Yeah, They have not been listened to adequately. 
And it's probably true as well that that person's probably not going to ask for your advice until that that he or she feels understood, right? So, so become a better listener if you want your people to trust you. Yeah, and that's a, that's a thanks for talking about that. It's a subject that I've thought about and, and struggled myself with a lot over the years, especially really genuinely listening and yeah. making sure that I'm not thinking about what I'm getting ready to say and answer and similar to how you were talking about coming into your your cluster leading with with sort of what you were getting ready to say and realized luckily realized <laughs> wait a second yeah. I, I need to actually listen bef- to understand yeah, and to understand seek and, first to understand yeah. then to be then let that drive your conversation according to Stephen R. Covey yeah. oh that's awesome um well Clay why don't you go ahead and finish us off on this topic and and uh, last time we talked about um just practicing how we extend trust do you really have anything else to add to that yeah I uh, I think it's just as simple as that advice, practice extending trust. It is the Ensign model, moving authority to where the information is. It was the Nordstrom's model, use your best judgment. It is the Ritz-Carlton model. You have this amount to be able to solve any of our customers' problems. They all extend trust and they practice accountability. Uh, Ralph Waldo, Ralph Waldo Emerson, not an easy name to say, <laughs> but an easy guy to quote says, says, trust men and they will be true to you. Treat them greatly and they will show themselves great. I, I love that thought. It's the my fair lady thought. It's the, it's the see people differently and, and people will change. I mean, it's not only will it build trust, it grows it. It creates reciprocity. When you trust people, other people tend to trust you in return. I, I just really believe that extending trust is one of the best ways to create trust when it's not there. I, in fact, I believe, I, I don't know if this is true, so maybe don't write this down. I I think we should operate on the assumption that our people deserve trust unless they pr- prove otherwise. Right. I mean, they've gone through the interview process yeah. and we hopefully we've discerned that they're worthy of our trust at higher. Yeah. So it's not like it's blind trust. It's smart trust. Communicate clearly your high expectations, establish high standards of accountability and then trust them. Extend the trust. Be clear what you're doing. Be clear. I'm giving you this trust. I'm putting this in your hands. And I think people will respond to that. They thrive on it. They're they're inspired by it. Uh, uh, this is the last Warren Buffett quote I'm going to give you. Okay, So <laughs> Warren Buffett's famous for the, um, the, the trust that he puts in his partners. And, and because of that, nobody wants to let him down. Right. Um, think of the people who have believed in you and what that did for you. By extending trust, you empower people. Right. So here, here, here's some signs here. Here's a low trust and a high trust operation, right? Here's signs that, you know, you're in a low trust operation. Okay. I'm ready. People manipulate or distort facts. Here, I got got to put this on my report. (laughs) It's going to make this look Look, better. Right. Right. People withhold or hoard information. Hey, can you show? Well, no, I I want this report to come from me. Getting credit is very important. Mistakes are covered up. There's blame game and bad mouthing, and there are meetings after the meeting, right? <laughs> right. You ever had a meeting after the, after meeting. the right. meeting? Right. Do you believe what they talked about in there? Do you think that's true? You know, and and they they, they, so they start. Off. We got a really yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now here's how you know if you're in a high trust operation. Okay. Information is shared openly. There's a safe space for mistakes that are created. People are loyal to those who are absent. I like that. I like that one. People talk straight and confront real issues. There are few meetings after the meeting, 
and there's a high degree of accountability. So in all of this, just I guess my point is remember the value of trust, the speed of trust. It's it's if we're going to dignify our industry in the eyes of the world, it's essential. So so now last quote I'm going to give you and I'm just going to finish with this quote. It's going to blow your socks off. All right, I'm ready. Confucius. All right, I'm you ready. I'm ready. He's an old friend of mine from high school, Confucius. He said, <laughs> I knew you guys go, but where he that? said, said, good governments need weapons, food, and trust. If the ruler cannot hold on to all three, he should give up weapons first and food next. Trust should be guarded to the end because without trust, we cannot stand. That's a, that's a that's a great quote. That's a, that is a great quote. In fact, my to, mic to drop moment. This on. Boom. <laughs> that's an expensive mic, Clay. Don't drop that weight. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, well, really, thank you for taking the time to talk about this subject with me. It's such an important part of you know what we're trying to do to be successful. And, and you know, I know trust is not part of a Caplico. Like, there's no T in Caplico. But like, as we talk about the subject, I mean, it rings true with sort of every every, of every of it, one right? of those. It really yeah. is. Um, so, really, again, thanks for spending the time to talk through the subject with us and. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you.